We're continuing in the, uh, is that too loud, Jesse? Sorry. Continuing in the Gospel of Mark tonight, we're at Mark 10, verses 13 through 16. Kind of a short uh, portion there, a few verses. Uh, if we're tracking the Gospel of Mark, we looked at last week, uh, Jesus teaching about divorce and marriage. And then this week is teaching about children, and then next week is going to be his teaching about wealth and possessions. So in a sense, uh, we're in a series of teachings on, uh, maybe we could call it kingdom home economics. Uh, Let's read this little section on children. And they were bringing children to him, that is to Jesus, that he might touch them. And the disciples rebuked them. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for to such belong the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying hands on them. This is God's word. I want us to see two things uh, in this passage. The first is Jesus' own attitude towards children, and the second is the picture of discipleship that children provide for us. First, Jesus' attitude towards children. In the modern world, uh, a particular attitude. Of course, you would love and care for children and be tender towards them, but not necessarily so in the ancient world. In the ancient world, children, like women, primarily derived status from their connection or relationship to adult males. Uh, Frankly, some of the attitudes we find in the ancient world towards children or or in the pagan world uh, are even horrifying. I'm going to read to you a somewhat difficult passage uh, from a, uh, a Roman. It's a letter that he wrote. It's just a not any notable Roman, just a, a Roman. He wrote it to his uh, wife. He's traveling on business. She's pregnant. This is what he writes to her. Know that I am still in Alexandria, and do not worry if uh, they all come back and I remain in Alexandria. I ask and beg you to take good care of our baby son, and as soon as I receive payment, I shall send it to you. If you are delivered of child before I come home, if it's a boy, keep it, If it's a girl, discard it. You have sent me word. Do not forget me. How could I forget you? I beg you not to worry. Uh, And it's a hard to listen to passage even, but just this sort of attitude of uh, children being almost disposable. Uh, In the Jewish world, certainly the attitudes towards uh, exposing infants, that sort of thing, was greatly different. Uh, And yet in contemporary Jewish literature around the time of Jesus, we don't see the sort of sympathy towards the young that Jesus shows. There's something comparable to this. Well, verse 13, they were bringing children to him that he might touch them. Mark blurs the background a bit like Instagram or something so that Jesus comes into focus. Who were bringing children? He doesn't tell us. What did they think would happen if Jesus touched them? Again, he doesn't tell us. It's simply not his focus. It's on the interaction between Jesus and and the little children. The little children this word Mark uses can refer to the very young, and in Luke's comparable account in Luke 18, he 
he actually refers to infants. So it's the youngest children being brought to Jesus. And what is the disciples' response? It's not a trick question. Just trying to rebuke them. Yeah, just trying to keep people awake. Uh, they rebuke them. That's right. Uh, and, and, and the them seems to be the children, perhaps, rather than the, the parents, but scolding them. Why do you think maybe they would have this sort of uh, response to these children? Low value of children? They're thinking Jesus is so important. You know, don't go touch him. Yeah, Jesus is so important. Leave him alone. Don't touch him. Yeah. Don't interfere. Don't interfere. He's the king. He doesn't have time for... Yeah, the king doesn't have time for children. Yeah, yeah, rabbi, king, uh, he's, he's a busy man. I think that old adage of children be seen and not heard, you know, like, yeah. like they might make noise, they might disturb his thinking or yeah. get in the way. Yeah, and it's interesting because he, he has tried to get away from the crowds a number of times on this trip that we're reading uh, in this section so that he can teach the disciples. So at times the crowds are a hindrance, and yet his attitude, Jesus' attitude towards the children is different. Yeah, I, I think you guys are all on the mark that he, uh, the disciples are still being shaped by their social assumptions rather than kingdom assumptions. Somehow these are beneath Jesus' status. And she, what's, uh, uh, oh, this term, what they do is rebuke the children. It's a strong word. In the Gospel of Mark, uh, Jesus has rebuked demons and evil spirits. Uh, Jesus has rebuked those who are opponents of God's will. So if people are, are opposed to God's kingdom, they've been rebuked. A couple times, people that needed discipline have been rebuked. So it's, it's quite a strong response to these children. Uh, I know parents, sometimes we might think our children are, are little demoniacs, but you know, that kind of a response, sorry, maybe that's not good. <laughs> Danielle's laughing. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, but to, to have that sort of response that you would have to an evil spirit seems so over the top. Well, uh, verse 14, when Jesus saw it, he's watching the situation, he's observing. And how does Jesus respond? He's indignant. He's indignant. So indignant is, is, is anger, but even more than that, it's like giving vent to your anger. So it's not he's just boiling on it or stewing on it, but he's, he's, he's expressing it. So you're indignant... Uh, I drove up I-5 this week from Mount Vernon up this way, and they were doing road work so the left lane was closed, and I dutifully got over in the right lane. And wouldn't you know it, and I think we're safe that no Canadians are here tonight, wouldn't you know it, all the Canadians kept going up to the very last bit and then cutting everybody off to get in. And I was indignant. And that meant not only was I angry, but I was saying things like, you turkeys, get over. Uh, and anyways, it's a longer story. I even kind of rode the lane to try and give them the signal, and they went off in the shoulder to come around. So, yeah, Chris. It turns out that is the most efficient way for traffic to move, is to go all the way as far as you can. And then get in? Well, it wasn't the most efficient for me personally. To <laughs> uh, now I know. So maybe the Canadians are ahead of us. They're, uh, yeah, I was still indignant. Now, what upsets us shows us a lot about what we care about. Why was I indignant in traffic? My time's valuable. I've got somewhere to be. I don't want to sit here because I care about myself is why I got indignant. So what does Jesus' indignation show us here in this passage? 
What does he value that he's indignant? He cares about those kids. He cares about the kids. I was kind of thinking too, like they didn't know him very well. Like, yeah. The, you know, the, the kids or the disciples? The disciples didn't know Jesus very well. Like, yeah. Like I, I'm thinking, I, I don't know, in my mind I was thinking how you take a child maybe to uh, a rest home or yeah. And, and don't don't bother those old people now because yeah, yeah. they don't want to talk to you. And, and yet, if you're saying, you know, if you're grandmother, you think, oh, children, that's yeah. so exciting. They didn't know him very well. They're, they're not recognizing his values. Yeah, and, and maybe, um, maybe, you know, they are camping out, traveling all around as he's teaching. And so maybe they just haven't seen him interact with children uh, prior to this. I'm trying to think in Mark's gospel anyways, I don't think that he has... Interacting with children. It certainly says he fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, so there's at least children there. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, so uh, it, it, we're seeing his compassion for the helpless, for the least, for children. In the second part of verse 14, then he speaks and he explicitly reveals his attitude towards children to us. Let them come to me, positive. Don't hinder them, negative. Why? Because to such belong the kingdom of God. Now notice the logic here. Why can the children come to Jesus? Because the kingdom of God belongs to them. And so Jesus is equating coming to him with entering the kingdom of God. Uh, it's, it's quite a strong claim that he's making here. Jesus is the coming of God's rule. Jesus is the coming of the kingdom. So to come to Jesus is to enter the kingdom. Moreover, he says, children, even young children, have a legitimate interest in the kingdom of God, a right to the kingdom of God. Notice these aren't children who are coming of their own volition. They're being brought by their parents. And yet, nevertheless, Jesus receives them to such little children, uh, to such as the little children and those who are like them. And that brings us to the second uh, uh, point that I want to make this evening. Uh, is, is not only Jesus' attitude towards children, that he accepts them, that he gives them a right to the kingdom, but that children are a picture of discipleship. So Jesus says, to such as these belong the kingdom of God. Verse 15, truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. So not only do, the, do children have a right to the kingdom, but whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like one of these small children, they, everybody needs to become like these small children to enter it. In what respect is Jesus talking about becoming like a little child here? It's not their supposed innocence. Uh, it's not their cuteness or anything like that. He's, he's, uh, indeed, it's not any virtue whatsoever of the children, but it's their total lack. Children come to Jesus, these children come to Jesus just as they are. Small, powerless, without sophistication or status, empty-handed. So uh, one commentator writes, to receive the kingdom of God as a little child is to receive it as one who has no credit, no clout, no claims. So we, come, uh, we receive the kingdom of God like little children, we come empty-handed, open-handed, asking, not saying, look at all my merit, look at all that I've done to deserve the kingdom of God, but empty-handed saying, give to me the kingdom of God. What we see here, Jesus is revealing, is the kingdom of God is grace to the needy, not to the deserving. 
Any comments on that? I thought I might have seen a hand. Sorry, I was on a roll, but yeah, Jim. Yeah, I was just thinking of the dependence. Yes. You know, we, we always kind of, I do it myself. <laughs> yeah. And, and God wants us to just turn to him for everything. Yep. Forgiveness of our sins, for help with whatever we have. Like we just, yeah, like we just said, uh, take it to the Lord in prayer, all these different circumstances. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, learning, um, uh, I'm going to paraphrase a quote that has uh, been meaningful to me over the years, that as creatures were dependent and yet the Christian life is learning dependence as friendship. That it's not like we're an inconvenience to God that we're constantly dependent on him, but that God, we're friends with God, and that's why he loves to provide for us. Yeah, Leslie. Well, I was thinking about children are guileless. They, they ask for things yeah. with an expectation that yep. we will give it to them. Yeah. Um, and then we sometimes don't approach God that way. We, are, yep. we think, well, I can't ask for that. Or, yeah. Yep. Straightforward, nothing to offer, asking for what we need, open-handed. Yeah, I think that's getting at it. Um, okay, bringing these together then, that children provide a picture of discipleship for us because they are empty-handed and that's how we should come, and that Jesus' own attitude towards children is accepting them, has been seen in the Reformed tradition that we are in, the Protestant tradition, as having important implications for children's role in the church. And so, uh, 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 for example, children have a right to baptism. These children are brought to Jesus and he offers them the kingdom. And so shouldn't they therefore be given the sign of the kingdom as well? Uh, to just give you one, one quote, here's how Calvin argues on this passage. Uh, we, on the contrary, that is contrary to Baptists, argue that since baptism is the pledge and figure of the free forgiveness of sins and of divine adoption, it should certainly not be denied to infants whom God adopts and washes with the blood of his son. The objection that it also figures repentance and newness of life is easily resolved. They are renewed by God's spirit according to the measure of their age until by degrees and in its own time, this power hidden within them increases and shines forth openly. And then uh, Calvin draws attention to that Jesus lays hands on the children in this passage. And certainly that's a... We also see this as having implications for the children's right to come to the Lord's table. That the kingdom is given to children, and so children uh, in an age-appropriate manner can come and have a right to participate. Uh, Christ says... Let them come to me, they come to him at the table. Verse 16, the end here. The parents brought, wanted Jesus to touch their children. Okay, just, just brush your hand on their head, put your hand on their head, something like that. But what does he do above and beyond it? Jesus goes further, he gathers them into his arms, and somehow he's simultaneously holding the children and laying hands on them. I don't know exactly how that you know, works, uh, but he lays his hands on them as he's embracing them and blesses them. Uh, and this seems to be picking up uh, 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 the symbolism that runs throughout the Old Testament of fathers blessing their children by putting hands on them. Uh, maybe you remember uh, uh, Isaac uh, and Jacob and Esau and, and Jacob conniving his way in to get the blessing, to have Isaac lay hands on him. Or when uh, Jacob himself is old, Joseph brings his sons and he wants 
uh, his favorite son, the older son, on the right-hand side so he gets the better blessing. And yet Jacob, ever the trickster, crosses his arms and does this kind of a thing when he's blessing the boys. And yet in the Old Testament, uh, this sign of laying hands and blessing your children is a sign that these children have a right to the inheritance. They have a portion of all that is mine. And certainly that seems to be what Jesus is doing here. He's laying his hands on them, he's embracing them, and he blesses them. He's saying, they have an inheritance in my kingdom. So the challenge for us as we conclude is how are we coming to Jesus? Is it bartering, saying, look what I have to offer, look at all my skills and abilities, look at how much good I can do for you, or are we coming empty-handed like children, simply in need, without sophistication or status, empty-handed? It's a perpetual challenge as disciples. Remember, yes, we are once again dependent on God's grace. Any other comments as we close? Yeah, um, I'm not sure where it is, it's Matthew, that says that if you cause one of the children who believe in yep. Jesus to sin or to stumble, it would be worse for you to have, it would be better for you to have a millstone tied around you. Yeah. And, and I in, think, wow, what a serious charm. Yeah. Uh, in Mark as well, I think a couple weeks ago, but you guys were gone. Uh, it was the week you guys were gone, but yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, yeah, in Mark as well, the same thing. Of, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this is kind of the positive side of it is they have a right to the kingdom. The negative side is don't cause these little ones to sin uh, and, and the serious charge, yeah. Yeah, Charlie. Uh, it seems like just a strong language is uh, when he goes on to say, if you, if you do not receive, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not. The word shall is oh, yeah. the yep. law, it's yeah. the way it is. Yes. It seems rather strong, similar to Yeah, uh, I'm telling you, this is the way in is like a little child. There's not some other route for advanced disciples or something like that. This is the way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, observation. And the same the same lesson then uh, plays out with the rich young ruler that we're going to look at next week. That the rich young ruler comes with his wealth. Jesus says, get rid of it. You don't need it in the kingdom. And the disciples are distraught. They're saying, if this guy can't make it in, then who can? Uh, and again, they kind of have this mindset about what's prerequisites for coming to Jesus. Well, let's do what we sang and take it to the Lord in prayer. Let's turn to our time of prayer. Uh, are there needs to uh, share with